Welcome to the new age. This your guy Dayton. In new age, we trust. How y'all feeling today, fellas? I feel pretty good. It's Friday, and here at New Age, we identify as anything but trust fund babies. Trust fund babies, we are not. However, we bring you our perspective on all things money, business, and culture. And today is Friday, so you know what Friday means. We bring you guys our overlooked story of the week. And let's get it started. Let's get it started. Friday, overlooked story of the week. I guess I'll start with mine. The podcast beef is heating up. Okay, this is New Age Podcast. So, I paid close attention to the podcast space. And this week, YouTube is reportedly paying podcasters to film their shows. They're going to be paying them up to 50000 allegedly. This is just hitting the streets. The industry is talking, right? They're allegedly going to be paying them 50000 up to 300000 to have exclusive video podcasts on that platform. So I think YouTube realizes that they could be keeping their in-house talent a little bit more. You've really seen uh, Joe Rogan podcast, Take Fire, video version. Um, let's even say somebody like Alex Freeman, uh, Logan... Paul's podcast, the Nauk Boys podcast, a lot of that has the what has contributed to that podcast a lot is video. Well, YouTube is kind of losing out on its talents. You've seen Joe Rogan move. At this point, it can just be a bidding war for podcasts to do exclusive content on platforms. I think YouTube needs to hunker down and get exclusive content. On that platform a little bit better than what they have. You seen Netflix do it? Spotify's doing it. I think YouTube has to do it and do it aggressively. That is my overlooked story of the week. What you think, fellas? Man, I love this. You know, um, it sounds like uh the landscape of this industry is um making great opportunity for content creators. So in order to be competitive. Uh, YouTube had to make a move like this. They had to pivot. Um, I think this is a win for all podcasters, right. you know, and content creators. So being one myself, I'm excited that this is just the beginning of bidding wars or of companies making um, bids for our intellectual properties. I think it's a good move for YouTube to even try to incorporate podcasts more on their uh, platform because uh, it, it's starting to dwindle down. Like you see people just put clips up, but then they put their podcasts other places like us. And <laughs> like you know, if you bring more incentives to people to produce their podcasts on YouTube, then that will you know make people stay on YouTube even more, and that would help YouTube stay the giant that they are. Because we all know you're at the top one day. You can fall second, third place, the next. So you want to stay ahead of the game. You want to make these incentives. Rewind. 
You want incentives. Incentives. Incentivize. Incentivize. We about to do a new age spelling bee. When you incentivize people to do things for your platform, that brings more people to your platform. You know, YouTube's already, you know, top notch. So that right there is going to keep them at the top of the list. So see how this goes. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how they attack it, what podcast they could, you know, get exclusively. I would really like to see them get the Logan Pauls, the Nelk Boys, like exclusively on there. It, it's, it's, it's becoming more competitive, and I think they could really do damage if they start focusing more. They got YouTube originals. But we never really talk about YouTube originals as much mm-hmm. as we talk about a Netflix original, right? I think YouTube has to really start focusing on exclusive in-house original content. You, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the music industry. Mm. The interesting thing about this is that in order to get the likes of a, a Logan Paul or the Nelk Boys, you got to come up with a lot more money than that. Mm-hmm. This is the reason that it reminds me of the music industry because you had artists who nobody ever knew about, you know, uh, making it big on Instagram and you know, being found on Instagram and YouTube and, you know, all the social media platforms and not having to go through the red tape or the gatekeepers of the music industry right. in order to get their music out there and be recognized and become a household artist. Right. You know, so that's where it reminds me. Uh, one of the things that I think might hinder YouTube with this mm-hmm. is their censorship. You see that the Note Boys mm-hmm. had Donald Trump on their podcast this week and then it was taken down. Is it still taken down? I even still, like, you're right. Like, yeah, that's yeah, a good point. That's a good point. That's a great so that point. that might hinder people. I just want, I'm going to check to see if yeah, it's cool, still cool. taking down, okay? But it, that might bring people to the fact of, you know, YouTube, since the two months, they got too many rules with them. I'm still over here with Spotify, Apple, whoever, you feel me? So mm-hmm. that might also play a role. If YouTube, I mean, yeah, right. If YouTube can ease up on their guidelines or restrictions or whatever, I can see this, you know, blossoming to something promising for YouTube. But if not, uh, could just be a bunch of noise. So yeah, it is not on there, and literally I just seen it like yesterday. So I honestly I don't even want to go into that. It what is what are we doing? Like what are we doing? <laughs> Next, at the six million views. <laughs> like, are you serious? So as, as as a content creator, you thinking like, you know, I'm doing a podcast, it's doing numbers, and the next thing I know, it's off. If I would have knew that, I would have led the show off with that, cause I literally just seen it. The Don, uh, we were f- still referring to the yeah Donald yeah Trump yeah the yeah network. like okay. I I think I seen it last night. It was on there. When did they take it off? Probably yesterday. Yeah, like that. See, this a whole that's, another uh, take. Yeah, <laughs> a whole another hot hot story, uh, story underrated story of the week. Did they give a reason why? No, I, I didn't see no reason why. Okay, I'm like I said, I'm not even going really going deep into that right now because my mind just shattered. This is this we is, don't have enough detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, where are we going as a society? Like. We really becoming. We talk about China so much, about being how they police the internet. We do it 
but in such a passive aggressive way to make That's us not look point. like China when we're doing exactly what China does. China just out in the open with it. Yeah. China just out in the open with it. We just Antonio, your overlooked story of the week, what is it? My overlooked story of the week is dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Um Delta uh Mm. Pilots have been going on strike. They feel like they've been overworked. Delta is booking too many air flights at the moment, and we're being overworked. Now, during the pandemic, flights slowed down. We got a little break. You know, then uh, Delta incentivized some pilots, you know, you have an early retirement fund. I mean, package. Here you go. So, you know, that killed, I mean, not killed, I'm sorry for using, that, for using that term. That took out a lot of workers right there. You know, a lot of people retired. So then as travel start to ramp back up, COVID is going down, restrictions are coming going away, you got more people catching flights now. Now these pilots feel like they're being overworked. They got work overtime. They're working double. So this week, a lot of pilots in Atlanta at the Delta Airlines had one on strike. They're sitting outside picking and saying, we're being overworked. Do you guys see this being a trend with people coming back into work or work picking up? And then, you know, not enough people working at the moment. People became, becoming overworked, becoming exhausted from the work that they're doing, paying, working doubles, maybe even triples. Mm -hmm. Do you see that becoming a trend? Well, this has already been a trend. Um, I think, that, you know, this really started early in the pandemic. I think Burger King workers, it, it, I saw a story about the Burger King workers that this specific Burger King was like two, some days, two or three, you know, I remember being up Pennsylvania, going to IHOP, and it was just like a worker and a cook. And don't get me, it was a snowstorm that day as well. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like you see how thin of a line. Um, so, yeah, I do think it's, you know, already a trend. I'm curious to see how this will continue. Um, Kim Kardashian said something recently about, and she got a lot of flack for this, like, Nobody wants to work anymore. Well, you know, that's also a symptom of what's happened with the pandemic. When you have a year off or a year and a half off, two years off, or a year, year and a half remote working, and then you come back into full-fledged working hours, you know, taxing on your body and, you know, your mind, I do think work is becoming... Uniquely eat work obsolete. It, not obsolete, but evolving. The way we thought so let me say it like this. Okay. The way we thought of work five years ago is different now. The way we thought of money five years ago is different now. Cryptocurrency, things like that, NFTs. The world is uniquely changing, uniquely evolving. And I don't think people understand that. So my, my thoughts on it is, you know, realistically, this is the issue with, you know, when in this world you have give and takes. And this is the issue with being an employee, you know, just coming from my perspective. Because as a business owner, if you hire someone, you know, your main objective is to keep your business afloat and keep the dollars coming in 
so that you can keep the employees happy and so you can keep making a profit and providing a service to the consuming uh, public. So, you know, we've come to a, you know, a fork in the road where people, you know, have to make a decision. Am I going to continue to work a nine to five or um, you brought up an interesting point about, you know, what the pandemic did to a lot of people, you know, uh, conditioned a lot of us in mm -hmm. society. So you got to make that decision. Do you want to continue to work and do what's expected and obligated of you or find your own thing? Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the crossroad. But this such is life. Now, as far as working, you know, so many hours, overtime and this and that, I think legally, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, according to D, D, DOJ or DJO, whatever it's called, mm -hmm. if you're, you know, driving a truck or some form of transportation, flying an airplane, you're, you only can fly in this instance a certain amount of hours before you take a break. They can't just work you straight through mm -hmm. because of the dangers, the safety hazards that's dead. Yeah, I think when I was reading the article, like they hit the limit off, then back on, but there's like the more of a they, they once they hit the limit, you can rest. Yeah, once you get back on, it's more of like and it's their thing was it wasn't like you know one or two times. It's like that's the work schedule. I'm working the doubles now. Like I mean, I was just working my shift and I'm off. You feel me? Now it was continuous, continuously like you're working two shifts back to back of your time or whatever, then you're working continuously back to back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, I think people don't want to work. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. I think that's what it, like not in the same fashion. Dayton made a great point. Not in the same fashion. And I'm not saying it's the people's fault by right. no stretch of the imagination. Because again, to Dayton's point, we've kind of got conditioned to a way of operating and functioning, you know, through this pandemic. Overlook story of the week number three goes to LJ's view. What is it? Y'all continue to save the best for last. Okay. This week's overlook story is coming. We're talking straight about uh straight out of New York, and we're talking about Mary Jane. I love you just the same. What is do happening? You, do you do you do you do you do what you is, do you do you do you do you do you do you what is happening to this Okay, podcast? this week's Overlook story is New Yorkers with marijuana convictions will be offered the first retail licenses. The article states, New York State is set to announce plans for the first marijuana retail sales by the end of 2022, with the first 100 retail license, licenses being reserved for people with previous marijuana Convictions, according to the New York Times. What are you guys' thoughts on this particular article? It sounds like a great idea. Sounds like you know, you're moving to right, right to the forefront from you know, turning the leaf in America. Mm -hmm. Can I get to thinking about it once he started talking? Sounds like a trap. <laughs> sound like a big old trap. Feel like you know a they already don't. New York rat trap. You really don't want to legalize marijuana because if you did, you would have done it already. So you need a fall guy. Seems like you want to give all these convicted people a chance to get their first license. Then you, you know, when things go right, doesn't go right, you use them for the blame like America always does. Nothing, nothing new. And then boom, where they go from there, I don't know. But to me, that sounds like a big old trap. 
Um, I'm not gonna say it sounds like a trap. I think, again, the world is evolving. I'm curious. So basically, they'll be able to sell retail, meaning you know they can open up their own business and correct s- and, and sell correct. I think this is groundbreaking. Honestly, I think that's the takeaway from this. I don't think I, I get where you're coming from, Antonio, but this is a really good overlooked story. I didn't hear nothing about this. This was a really good overlooked story. I told story. you, say the best for last. I think we did save the best for last. This is a really big overlooked story. The fact that New York is doing this, and I haven't heard anything about this, that's interesting. So... So it says Governor Kathy Hochul is expected to make the announcement, the policy Thursday, which was yesterday, Mm -hmm. as part of the effort to promote weed-related business ventures to those most impacted by the war on drugs. Yeah, and the fact that they're implementing that is even an extra plus. Like, for them to be helping out, you know, people that was wrongly due with this I think that's great I think New York Is trying to Beat the curve On some things And I mm-hmm. think that's a I think that's a great way For them to do that Yeah we, we gotta really Understand The amount of money Right That's at play This article continues To uh, read It says that Projections is that um, This industry Will bring in Billions of dollars For the state of New York So think about this In the last year in the last year or two, right? With things being closed. Go ahead. Go there. New York has lost plenty of residents. Not not even just I'm not even going there. You can go okay. there. New York has deregulated or, you know, has some sort of deregulation of gambling. And weed. Mm. That is huge. That is huge. If New York wants to stay on top, going to where you're going, during a pandemic, everybody was supposedly leaving New York, and you know, that could be fact or fiction, depending on what research you did. For this is a great way for them to stay on top and compete. That's, to, that's oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's good. To, to your point, you mentioned about you just reiterated about people leaving New York, and um, you know, it was so much money, like taxpayers and stuff that you know you, you can imagine that's left with mm-hmm. those uh, residents. And they even talked about you remember earlier, uh, you know, a few months ago we read about. Uh, Florida becoming a new Wall Street. So yeah. they was talking about Wall Street even leaving New York. So with with the deregulation of gambling, which is a multi-billion dollar industry, right. and the re, um, deregulate or the regulation of marijuana and projected to bring in billions of dollars, this is a win-win for the state of New York. The up, When I say win-win, I'm talking about win for the state, but as well as the opportunity for convicted felons, mm-hmm, right. and potentially, I would I would suspect that this would even exonerate some people who's locked up for marijuana now if this get le- uh, uh, legalized. So, before we head out, that was Overlook Stories of the Week. It is Friday. How was y'all week? Let's go around the table. How was y'all week? Man, I had a really really 
uh, good week. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was rough in the beginning, midway, and this such is life, right? Midway through, I started finding, you know, figuring things out, get, gaining some clarity. Mm-hmm. And today I feel super fantastic. That's good. Antonio. Uh, it's been a rocky week for me. Uh, still hit um, eyes above water, still saying the flow for real. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can't get trapped into looking at the end goal sometimes. Sometimes you just got to put one foot forward and then watch mm-hmm. just watch the steps. And that might lead you to where you need to be. So that's I'm, how I'm taking this week. I'm with you. Took some took some bumps and some bruises. Took some L's, particularly in the gambling uh, space. But I'm still here and I'm still fighting. Quickly before we get out of here, I just want to clarify some things about the whole Nelk Boys podcast uh, censorship thing that's going on. So. YouTube took the video down because they breached its misinformation policy. YouTube did not specify which comments breached the policy. And the video often had Donald Trump repeating the un, the quote-unquote unfounded claim that the 2020 election was fraudulent. Um, and that's... What could be the the misinformation? Yeah, the misinformation part of it. Go with Antonio. I think it's very clever that Trump goes on a podcast with the Nuck Boys mm-hmm. instead of going on mainstream media. That just tells you right there that you can't trust everything that you see on TV. Right. You you know what else it tell me that how smart Trump is to target another audience. That's a whole nother demographic beyond, I would kind of say, well, maybe, potentially beyond Trump's, and I hate to say beyond Trump's reach. I'm going to use that for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Let's just say a, a demographic that he doesn't really always entertain yeah, or, or, or um, have the audience of, right. have their attention. Trump and the Nelk Boys have been linked in the past, but... You know, for them, him to go on a podcast, it's definitely great to reach out to the younger audience that may be fans of him or whatever. Right, case may because be. these are the up and coming um, potential voters. Yeah, exactly. One more thing: Trump likened the removal to the way Russian state media censors news about the invasion of Ukraine. Okay, and I'm gonna leave y'all on that note. Like, comment, subscribe. This podcast please rate it five stars if this you was five started this was five started there I, I mean this may be i love hot take tuesday but overlook friday this my favorite i'm starting to fall in love with friday anyway in new age we trust